good. We're ready. We're ready. So this is we we do this real impromptu. I mean, like okay. the the whole premise behind this, and it's in where it's different from the spotlight is every every like young entrepreneur, budding entrepreneur, they see what it you know what it looks like after you put in all the effort. They see five years later. Yeah, they don't, they don't see the five year journey all that well. So yeah, we, you know, we just want y'all to feel to feel like you can talk candidly. Like yeah. we're gonna pass this recording through you before it goes anywhere. So if you said something, you're like, ah, you know, I didn't really want to disclose that, or you know, we can edit all that out post. But what I find is like approaching with the mental headspace where you can just be open about how the journey's been. Yeah, we'll get the best story out of it, and then we'll clip that story down to so that it's the optics on it are nice and it's outwardly yeah. facing. You know, but um, cool. I, I know even with me, like when I talk to, you know, I'm, like one of my passions is talking to, like, that's why I love Catapult is talking mm-hmm. to these people who are like in, in day 10 of starting this, this dream business. And they, they, they look in and they, they're, they're like, well, oh, well, that was just easy for you all. Yeah. Um, even when it's well financed or, or if it, if it didn't really require a bunch of capital, like outside looking in, it's like, oh, these people are just wizards that, that are able to start their own business and unchain themselves from corporate America. Yeah. Um, and, and so like that, that seems to be the big hurdle is like mm-hmm. taking the leap. Yeah. Um, and like one of the things I'm really excited to unpack for you all is like how you all took your leap. Um, you, you, you'd sound like you, you had just graduated with your degrees when you mm-hmm. asked yourself this question of, you know, mm-hmm. where do we see ourselves in five years? And, and that, that question led to a series of actions yeah. that, that yeah. resulted in, in what is the, uh, the balance culture now. Yeah. You know, so like first, like what, where I'd like to start is like walk us through, you know, what was going on in your mind at that time? Because traditionally, I think people who get a, who are graduating or in that age bracket, they've been dreaming for four years of how they're going to leverage this degree. Totally. Mm-hmm. And y'all's dream had not really not yeah. much to do yeah. with the degrees that you, yeah. that you sought. Yeah. So, yeah. so like what, what brought upon like that line of thinking uh, that kind of made you almost punt what you'd been doing for the last four years? Yeah. No, I think that's a good question. Yeah. So I know we have each have our own journeys and kind of how it came together. I can speak for myself. So I struggled with an eating disorder through most of my teenage years. And through that process, really became passionate of w- helping women with eating disorders, but also on the front end, being proactive in preventing eating disorders. So that kind of evolved over time. So um, I ended up going to a treatment home for anorexia. And through that six months, really like worked on my relationship with God, worked on myself, my insecurities, got to the root of the issue of where all this stemmed from. And so when I got out, I wanted to be proactive in helping other people. And that's what led me to wanting to get my degree in psychology and then finding out you can't do much with a degree in psychology. So I went on to do my Mm -hmm. master's. And I would say while I was in my master's is when I really started to realize as my, I, because I was practicing at that point, doing internships, things like that. I was like, I, I love helping women with eating disorders, but if I could get on the front end of that and really get proactive in the prevention aspect, I think I could really help a lot more women. And so um, that kind of started to evolve. Um, and then I was sitting in an office all the time, seeing client after client, client paperwork, client paperwork. I mean, for eight hours at a time. And I would go in, the sun was rising, leave, the sun was setting. I would never see outside. And I'm, I never noticed that I wouldn't like that component until mm-hmm. I was doing it. So I um, 
graduated and practiced for about a year in private practice. And I just, as much as I loved my clients, I wanted to help them in other ways beyond just even specifically with eating disorders, but also help them with the exercise component and nutrition and all these other passions started to develop. And I really started to realize how much helping a woman specifically holistically really helps every area of their life and helps them to thrive in every area for so many future years to come. And so um, I decided to stop doing private practice and um, really just took a step back and like, okay, what do I want to do for the rest of my life? What does Mm -hmm. this look like? Um, And at the time, the highest paying job that I could get was nannying. And I just was like, okay, I want to make a lot of money. My husband was starting his business. So I was like, I just need a lot of money and I need a lot of mental energy Mm -hmm. that I could give to dreaming and nannying didn't take any mental energy. It was physically running the kids around, all that kind of stuff. So I was like, this is the perfect way to make money, you know, help out a family and then build my dreams and figure out what this looks like in this next season of my life. Because at Mm -hmm. this point, I'm 26 years old. I have $125,000 in student debt and I'm not using the degree, nor do I plan to. So it was like (laughs) midlife crisis. Yeah. Uh, yeah, A quarter life crisis. What what was neat about your process there? And um, maybe you were just one of the fortunate ones who you just, it was intuitive to you. Um, But you started on your degree path um, trying to, to solve the symptoms of the problem. Yeah. And I don't mm-hmm. even know if you, if you had like a realization of that, Yeah, but, but when you switched gears to go into, you know, to balance culture, you were really addressing the root of the problem. Right. So you're going, Hey, you know, the anorexia mm-hmm. is what results from right. having an unbalanced life. Totally. Mm-hmm. We're, what, what's made yeah. it to where, to where that's not part of your evaluation. Right. And if, if you don't like something about yourself, yeah. you feel empowered to do something about it, you know, in, yeah. in, a, in, a, in a healthy, productive way, rather rather than seeking a quick fix. Yeah, I mean, so mm-hmm. that's that's pretty interesting because at twenty six, I, I know I wasn't thinking, yeah, like at all. <laughs> I know? think I was an old soul, twenty six, especially yeah. from the things I had been through. And mind yeah. you, I mean, I was just coming out of treatment, so I had six months of intensive therapy, working on myself, and I had personally just been through it. So it was like I know what it yeah. takes. I know what got me here I know how to undo it and like if I could start at the beginning or I could help you know mm-hmm. 14 year old Kirsten what would things what would I do what would I set up for her what would I create that could help her on the front end and that was the direction those were the women that I wanted to go after and help and so um anyway I started nannying and started dreaming and my husband was launching his business so we were in business mode like we were talking about it constantly we were dreaming about it constantly And, um, probably a year into nannying, I started to like, I don't know, mess around with some ideas. I I mean, balance culture has taken so many different shapes. I think that's Mm -hmm. the point that we should make to a lot of new entrepreneurs. It's like, just because it's your original idea, doesn't mean that that's going to be what you're actually going to do, but it gets the ball rolling. Like it also points out not to spend too much on the formation of the idea. Some people not at all spend a year just crafting this perfect plan. And and then they realize when they start executing the plan that everything's changing. No, totally. Yeah. No, like totally. So for me, balance culture looks like pantry makeovers and teaching people how to cook. And I hate cooking. Like I would have hated this. And so, but that's what I was like. Why am I making a job that I don't want to do? Totally. (laughs) And so I was like, you know, coming up with all these random things, but I wanted to help people. And I was trying to figure out, I was toying with different ideas. And this is, I mean... 
this is what, seven years ago. So like holistic living, all this kind of stuff that we're seeing now, even specifically in Lakeland, none of that existed. I mean, not at all. all. Like Instagrams (laughs) of like, you know, health accounts, things like that. That was not a thing. Mm -hmm. And so it really was just like doing a lot of research and figuring things out. Like I would just talk to friends constantly. Hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And that's kind of where Ruthie got looped in and we started kind of dreaming together. But like, I just started literally brainstorming with anybody I could. And I started putting a ton of stuff in my ear. So I was listening to Gary Vaynerchuk all the time. I was on, at the time it was YouTube. There wasn't like a ton of podcasts or anything. Mm -hmm. I don't even think podcasts were a thing. Um, But I would watch like successful people, how they dreamed, how they built their dreams, like how they strategized. Um, and I started finding business mentors. I met with, um, Andy McIntyre several times and he really invested in me on the front end of like, and believed in me and was like, you know, this is what you got to do. This is a strategy. Um, he's the one. And I think that this is really important. You touched on this earlier that said, don't quit your job. So he, I was like, okay, well, what do I do? You know, we were gearing up on the new year. I was like, I'm nannying, you know, 50 hours a week. And it was an hour commute there and an hour commute back. So it was 60, 70 hours that I was spending nannying. And um, I was like, you know, I have such small margin to work on this. And he's like, you just hustle. You find those like pockets of time and you make it work. You have two hours of driving, like figure it out. He said, don't quit your job because the second you quit your job, you're going to take that space that you think you're going to pour into your business and you're going to stress about finances. Mm -hmm. And that was the best advice I had ever been given because he was right a hundred percent, especially because my husband had just launched his business. It's not like we had any form of like steady income whatsoever. Yeah, exactly. And so I worked for another 10 months. I juggled it. I did the calls at night. I organized things and I just made it work. I had a candid conversation with the family I was nannying for and was just like, hey, if there are dead times that I could work on things. I started a blog in that time. I launched a website and I was just started private sessions for Pilates nutrition clients. And I just made it work. I woke up really early. I stayed up super late. I don't recommend that for a long term. But for about a year, I mean, it was 19 hour days, like easily. Well, it's the definition of sweat equity. Yeah, exactly. Into into site Gary V, it's your time working in the dirt. Exactly. I mean, you, can't, you can't make it to the clouds unless, totally. unless you're in the dirt. You know, so th- this is the time when you're a practitioner. Yes. You're building all, you know, you're putting in that that 10,000 hours 100%. to understand the process, the industry, yeah. everything mm-hmm. so that that's the foundation you're building upon. hundred percent. So mm-hmm. it really, um, you know, I found those pockets of time and I hustled and yeah, you just, you assign value to that. And it's like, okay, well, I'm working for this. I'm working for my dream. And I loved it. I loved every single second. I don't look back and think, oh, that was like such a hard time in life. I look back and I'm like, that was really cool to watch my dreams literally unfolding before my eyes. Um, around this pro- time is like Ruthie and I got super close. We had a lot of like passions that were very similar. And so I was talking to her about, you know, the idea all the time and she started brainstorming with me. So at, like one point we had the idea of having like dinners <laughs> that, was, that, that we were going to have that. people that. pay for and like come to and we were going to cook them healthy food. And like, we were just like, we were going to charge our brands. friends for dinner. Well, basically. Cause, cause you're, going, you're going, well, part of the, part of the, of a, of a balanced life is eating. eating. Yeah, and it was like we could teach them how to make zoodles. Nobody knew about zoodles seven years ago, and it was like this is going to be life changing for them. And we 
yeah. going to charge them. And it was ridiculous. Yeah. Was it, you know, was it hard to, to pick a wheelhouse to stay in it? I, I, I often Oh yeah. It still that. is. You know, I, yeah. I did oh, yeah. something you all said um, on your, on your spotlight, which is, it was like when you're in charge of, of your time, oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's like, it's the number one thing that entrepreneurs are after. Yeah. Really? Like, I don't yeah. think that most of the people I know, they could care less what they're making. No, if they can afford time. their lifestyle yeah. and they get the freedom of time. That's all, that's we care all about. that matters. Yeah. <laughs> all we care about. it's a major double-edged sword. Yes. I mean, big and, time. And for some people, yeah. they, they struggle with it indefinitely or they yeah. never really realize that it's a true problem. Yeah. But if you don't create systems to hold yourself accountable to deadlines, yeah. you can get a whole lot of nothing done. You know what helps with that though? Kids. Yeah. <laughs> and having a partner. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, like calling you in. You know, yeah. and, I, and I was getting ready to ask that, you know, in, in the starting process, you know, yeah. how important from an accountability standpoint do you think it was bringing on the partner? So yeah, yeah. So that's ideas. a great point. Yeah, and so I'll I'll add that part in, and then I'll have Ruthie share her side. So yeah, I was told don't have a partner. Like every single person was like, don't do it. You you know, it's too hard to navigate. And I actually had started Balance Culture with somebody else. Like I looped them in, and it wasn't the best fit. So I like went in a little bit jaded. Well, not and only then, do they tell you not to do it, but they tell you not to do it with friends. Uh, yeah. Exactly, <laughs> and I'm not like, your best friend, not your like, new like, best friend. Like start, starting a starting a business, yeah. like that. that's like yeah. living with somebody. Like, totally, it's but risk. Ruthie and like I. Um, I, you know, she would, she actually one day called me and was like, Hey, like you're, you're, I don't even know if you remember this, but you were hanging out with your family. I was by the pool in Key West and you were like, Hey, if you ever need anything done, like I'm in this, like I will help with whatever. And I, at that point, she genuinely was saying that like, as a friend, like, I just want to be a part of this, whatever I can do. And I was like, okay. And like, you know, this is still like putting everything together phase. There was nothing set about, about balance culture at all at this point. And, um, you know, there was just some random like researching, accounting, things like that. I don't even know where to start with all of this. And mm -hmm. she's like, I'll help you figure it out. And so she just started doing stuff and, and helping. And I was like, and I was working, we just both started hustling and it kind of like showed me like, wait a second, this is way more fun. If we're both in this together, like we had so many of the same philosophies, the mm -hmm. values in terms of business, our goals were very similar, that it honestly was like a very organic, natural evolution over time to where a couple months in, it was like, wait, it doesn't make sense not to have her as a partner. And our strengths are way different. Um, I think what we've, they've become more similar over time. And like, we yeah. just have a lot of the same thinking processes when it comes to things, which is really helpful. But we have different strengths. We have different things that we bring to the table. And I just started really realizing like, wait a second, this would be way better. And so looking back from a business standpoint, I would argue with everybody who told me that because I would say it was the best and most strategic business decision um, that not just I made, that we made in deciding, okay, let's be partners in this and let's really change the lives of women mm -hmm. in Lakeland together. And I think we were able to get there so much faster, mm -hmm. help more people and really make a lot less mistakes with just having each other as those buffers. So I'll let her on it. Because you don't have anybody else to bounce it off. Of. Yeah. I mean, you, no, you, you, you're you, alone. You're it's a yeah. lone, lonely there's journey. There's so many benefits. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's so many times I think I'm like, I would never want to be doing all of this by myself. Like, yeah. I mean, even letting her take the week off of Thanksgiving and knowing like what business owner can truly yeah. unplug from their business because there's nobody else to fully rely on unless it's like your partner. And same yeah. thing for me, leaving town, knowing like 
okay, so nothing's going to happen. The place isn't going to be on fire because yeah. Kirsten has it. And like, honestly, those little breaks, those little refreshers are everything to keep you going. And you come back yeah. and you're like, okay, I'm ready to dive in again. So stuff like that really, I mean, I just can't imagine. Yeah. We ride the highs yeah. together and we ride the lows together too. Yeah. I think there's that's nothing our better. Yeah. Takeaway that we this, always I mean, have. especially this past year, like knowing we're in it together and it's like, yeah. Yeah, million just, times. Because well, everybody's easier. got those moments of doubt, and you need yeah, someone to be able to totally. pull you out of it. Yeah, exactly. So when you're a solopreneur. It's really on you to build exterior relationships with places like Catapult, totally. people, yeah. people within Catapult, right. to seek that from. Right. Um, yeah. But you will. I mean, and nobody gets it, like, it better than in, each yeah. other. Yeah. 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 And yeah. it really does work out where it's like if I'm feeling pessimistic about something, Kirsten's there to be like, no, yeah. like we can do this. Let's figure it out, and like vice, vice versa. versa. Yeah. So that way, it's like you're always like someone's pulling you up getting yeah. you back on track like you said so it really is yeah um, i feel like mentally we're able to because we can bounce off of each other really stay focused and stay on the right course that's going to like lead us in a positive direction because we have each other to pull each other out of those places and just stay focused whereas if we lived in our own heads and we are a solopreneur you can just live there longer yeah. and it takes more to so get you then, out. Yeah. And then you're talking with other people that get it, but they don't. It's like, who gets yeah. it better than each other? Well, and not to mention, most of the time, the solopreneurs go down the rabbit hole of seeking mentorship online, which I do and you did. Yeah. Um, but I, I'll be the first to say that it, it can be a black hole of time. Totally. Yeah. not careful. Where right. it's like bouncing something off of someone who's got context in the business. Totally. Yeah. You can ask them a, a you get there fast. question. Yeah, yes. You get to the answer a lot yeah. faster. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're researching the ideology behind what you're asking. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then the other thing that I, I kind of observe is like arguably the decision to be partners long term uh, is the secret sauce bef- behind you two achieving balance within your business. Yeah. You know? 100%. Like, you're saying, like personal yeah. balance, like even at this point where y'all are at, you may still not have, have personal balance if it was only a one yeah. person, one person show. No, 100%. Yeah. There's no way. Because yeah, yeah we literally tag team everything like we have our own responsibilities and things and then we pass things off to each other but like we're constantly going back and forth Mm -hmm. and like if it was only left to one of us it's way too much yeah way too much there's too much to manage too much we have 40 women on our team Mm -hmm. 40 women and they're amazing 40 kids because we have a lot of kids (laughs) we have 40 children on top of that (laughs) it's a zoo it is it's a wonderful yeah a wonderful zoo yeah but but it's still sometimes you're like these animals are going crazy yeah but we have 40 women on our team and they're amazing they have like they're yeah the reason we are what we are and how we've gotten to where we've gotten um but that's 40 people that we're managing staying on top of like scheduling all these different things i mean there it's we have 55 classes yeah. a week like we have a lot going on a lot of little things always always, to manage, always. So. <laughs> so yeah tag teaming it yeah so, so one, one of the things i'm also interested in is you know when you all started this like you didn't just research it. You didn't just, you know, like fill up your excess time learning about it. You all got jobs in the industry. You know, it, it sounds like you you both became instructors at, you know, at different places to kind of get an understanding of. So of now, so no, yeah. actually that's not true. Okay. But that was part of the first action step. Okay. Like yeah. back, like getting started on like even my side, we had yeah. become friends, you know, and it, I think it was definitely the first time that I realized like, 
oh, this is what like a really good friendship can look like. People that challenge you and like encourage you to want more. And so I think like we really were able to like push each other, Mm -hmm. hold each other accountable, even then when there was no like business side to our relationship, like, hey, like you don't want to be where you are in 40 years and I don't want to be where I am in 40 years. So what should we do about it right now? And we did like a book together. Um, Mm -hmm. It's called Success is Not an Accident. We actually still refer it to like our team and I'm actually rereading it right now because it was so impactful it's um just like a very straightforward simple easy to read but it's kind of like well what is your definition of success and how do you want to get there and it just asks the right questions where you're able to figure it out because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are like I don't want to do this but I have no idea what I want to do and so having somebody ask you those questions helps Mm -hmm. you. And then having our friendship is like accountability of like, okay, this is my plan. What's your plan? Let's do it. And it was like, okay, we wrote out, what do we want our day to look like in five years from that point? You know, and that was six and a half Mm -hmm. years ago or so. And it was such an eye opening, like, oh, it's nothing like what I'm doing now. So I have to start. She was working full time. Yeah. I was in social work and it was like, okay, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. I don't want to wake up and do this every single day. And doing that book really helped me to realize, like, I'm passionate about fitness. That's something that, like, I want to be involved in. Like, and that's so broad. It's like, okay, well, what is that going to look like? So um, our first step was like, well, we should get certified. Kirsten did her Pilates. I started my yoga certification. And the goal was, the only goal was to get a job yeah. at a local gym and be like, maybe we could teach a fitness class a week. And yeah. so it was like, all right, that's going to be better than nothing. Like that's where you have to start. And then obviously like things evolved a lot quicker. So we never ended up getting a job anywhere else. We just started at our own studio. (laughs) And so it was crazy. Like we literally completed our group fitness training. Like we had other certifications, but we completed like our last one, like three weeks before we opened and like just made it happen and we yeah. just figured it out. So it was We're like, the definition of just start and then figure yeah. out. You know, what, what I believe in, in that ideology is that you build this like comfort zone mm-hmm. with this new, with the new thing that you're into. Like what feels so scary is that you haven't done it. You're not immersed in it. Yeah. But yeah. I, I think what y'all are pointing out is you can, you can fill that gap pretty rapidly. Totally. Yeah, just you can. immersing yourself in that industry, yeah. everything there is to learn about it. Yeah, you know, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure that in addition to getting the certification, yeah. you learned a ton about about that industry just by going through that process. No, hundred yeah. percent. So much so that it made it made you feel more comfortable post research. Yeah. to take yeah. a bigger leap than yeah. you had intended on taking. Big time. Yeah. yeah, and I think like looking back, I mean, we could have spent a year, and it's like, okay, let's you know go here and try this class yeah. and do that. But this just put it on like a super, like just content, condense the time frames yeah. of like, okay, I mean, we were practicing the studio all the time. It's like the girls in the team were who were going to be instructors were at the studio all the time. It was like, we just took like a year of like, okay, let's practice yeah. here and there and, you know, instruct our classes and just condensed it into a few months time frame and just went hard, like mm-hmm. gave it a hundred percent. And so we were able to get there. I feel like to that same point, just a lot quicker yeah. oh, yeah, and giving well, it all of our energy. Cause at that yeah. point I had quit my job and I, for three weeks. And so it was three weeks of like, all right, all hands on deck. We were yeah. all working and figuring it out, figuring yeah. it out along See, the way. And, and where, where I am a fan is eventually taking the plunge. Like yeah. if you straddle it for too long, yeah, yeah. never become like if you got the full well, it becomes time more gig, intimidating. Yeah. I feel like yeah, the more you think about it, the more you immerse yourself in it. You're like, wait, this person has this and this certification. That's you get more 
nervous and intimidated by the actual thing. If you just do it and figure out later, you're like, oh, I didn't even realize all these people had all these things. Like, we just did it and just like, all right, let's. And I think if we really thought back on like the first classes we offered and how the studio was run, it's like, funny to be like oh my gosh I can't believe we did it x y and z that way but it doesn't matter because we did it and then yeah. you figure it out and, and it better it as you go oh, like well, it was crazy well, you know using y'all's construct what some what some people listen to this podcast might consider is rather than crafting a plan craft an outline use your first year of business to flesh that out yeah mm-hmm. I mean, you, you mean even listening to you, you you did your official rebrand a year in yeah so, yeah. so it's not even like you obsessed on the brand totally you just said, hey we need did something it. to go to market this yeah. is good enough Literally did it. You know, yeah. and you know, you can just kind of apply yeah. that 80 20 rule. Like, what's the yeah. 20% yeah. that's going to get the 80% of the results? Yeah. And we'll flesh out the rest exactly. as we work through it. And we brought people along that journey. I think that was another thing that kind of set us up for success from the beginning is like, we brought our community, like the Lakeland community became a part of our journey. So by the time we launched, they felt so a part of getting us up and running that they were just bought in. Like yeah. we just at our grand opening party, I mean, packed like first day of classes packed. Cause it's like people had been following and watched us like dream this up and actually execute it in a very small amount of time and a year's worth of time that they felt like, okay, there was a buy-in and they wanted to be a part of it. They didn't know what was going to happen, but they were like, yeah. we're invested in this with you. So we want to do this with you. And so I think it just, brought this community alongside of us that really helped. I mean, what we needed was women taking classes and they felt like when they came and took a class that they were investing in our dream. Mm -hmm. And it was just, I think we didn't plan that, that it was going to go that way. But looking back, my follow up question from it, because because I know that you, you you, mainly grown through word of mouth marketing essentially, which which is, which is another way of saying we create very happy customers yeah, that, yeah. Are, that are happy to tell everybody they know yeah. about, about our business. Yeah. Um, and, and it seems like whatever the secret sauce is in your business that is creating that yeah. is what also pulled in all, all of these early stakeholders into being a part of the process, being a part of the dream. I mean, so if you're talking to people who are trying to get started in, in understanding the power behind being able to do that, yeah, what, what advice yeah. W- would you give them on, in trying to recreate that? And it sounds like it just happened organically for you. So you may not have anything. Yeah, I feel yet. like... I feel like it did happen organically, but I feel like really, I mean, and even to this day, I think every decision we make, everything we do, every interaction with our clients and our members is all stemmed from what is our mission. And our mission is to empower women and to help them. And so it's like, how can we do that? I wouldn't say we're run like a traditional gym in any way. Like even when I'm training new people that we're bringing on, it's like, okay, well, we don't have as many black and white rules because we care about every single person that comes in and our instructors do our interns. And so every interaction is stemmed from that. And so I think it has created that level of buy-in from the people that are coming in because they feel that they yeah. they know why we're here and they know that we care about them as more than just a number. And I think we've kept that really at the forefront. And I think even now going into 2021, I think we feel that stronger than ever. Like our purpose is so clear yeah. and the role that we have like for our community is so clear. And so I think for someone trying to repeat that, it's like, well, why did you start? Whatever your business is, why did you start it and keep that at the forefront of every yeah. decision that you make? And when that's so clear to your customers, they are going to have that higher level of appreciation and like love for what you do because they know that you're genuinely there to like 
you know, solve a problem for them or help them in some way. And we wanted to break that gym barrier of like, a lot of people feel so intimidated to go to the gym, you know, and they feel like, oh, well, I'll, I'm going to get fit and then I'll go to the gym, mm-hmm. you know? And I think from day one, we were like, no, we want to be a part of that journey. Like we want you to come here, not just for your fitness goals, but for your mental and emotional goals, for your social goals, for community. Like mm-hmm. we want to provide in an area that we feel like a lot of people in the fitness industry are missing it and they have different goals and they're not wrong goals, but our goal was, okay, we want to be along the journey of that process. We want to remove all those barriers, have you come in as you are, and let's help you get you to your best you and let us be along for that journey and be a part Mm -hmm. of the process. And I think just really fighting those intimidation markers have gotten us to where we are because people feel that freedom when they walk in the door. Um, And we keep refining our business and going through and making sure that everything we do has that in mm-hmm. mind from literally, I mean, we're having a doormat made right now about like yeah. a girl who's walking in who's nervous, like every second and every mm-hmm. facet of their experience with that message is being reiterated, reiterated, reiterated over and over again. So I think any customer of any business you see, you know, tagline or an interaction, it's not just one time you need it repeated to be like, oh, this is what this place is all about. I mean, at totally. Publix. Every single employee, how can I help you? Yeah. How can I help you? You know, and so then you know, like, they really are here to help me in whatever it is. And totally. so, yeah, we're constantly like, okay, how can we better make this service? How What could we do to make people feel more comfortable? How could we connect with them more? Like, what things do we need to set in place? You know, it's so funny that you use them as an example because I use them and Chick-fil-A as an example. With oh, yeah, staff. the best. Yeah. The best. And, and like what I'm constantly saying to them is, how is it that people can leverage youthful employment at, at arguably pretty low rates, yeah. you know, they're close to minimum wage at both of those, uh, of those places when you're talking yeah. about starters. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Big time. But they all like, it's a consistent cultural experience that you feel every time mm-hmm. you go in there. And, and, and so like what I tell, what tell our people is I'm like, it's about how consistent they are with communicating that vision to those people. They must communicate it. Daily. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, oh, it's mil- gotta yeah, be a millions. big topic yeah. of conversation because I can't get my kids to wear a jacket, yet yeah. they're convincing 18-year-olds to, to, to say, it's yeah. my pleasure in yeah. response to thank you. Yeah. I mean, I'm going, and you've got a training expected. process yeah. that I need to know about. No, yeah, totally. Yeah. And that does, I think, come from leadership passing down that 100%. vision consistently. And that's been really important to us. Like she said, we bring our team along in everything, even in decisions that most business owners wouldn't reveal to their employees. We're like, hey, this is what's happening. We're faced Mm -hmm. with this choice. This is why we're going to make this decision. What do you guys think? What do you think we should do? You know, we respect our team because they are the balanced culture, the instructors, the interns. They're just as a part of it as we are. Mm -hmm. And so having them and their input on that really makes them, they have a level of buy-in. They're like, it's important that I show up and that I treat each woman that comes through the door like this because I am the balanced culture. And I think like, you know, we don't just try to reiterate that message with our customers, but it's also our team. We want to empower them. We want to make sure that they get to where they want to be in life. And so it's like, whatever we can do to support you, whatever that looks like, we're here for you. And I think they really know that. And that is why like they show up and they are like doing. Yeah. So we're strategic on the front end of who we hire, who we bring along. I mean, we have a process and it really is like, we want to get to know the woman that we are bringing on board because we want to make sure that Mm -hmm. like, she is adding those things to the team. 
um, and going to be that example Mm -hmm. for our community and for the women that are walking in the door. And so there's a lot that goes into that on the front end to make sure that that's the case because our number one goal is to protect our team and our Mm -hmm. environment because that only trickles down and then impacts the women who are walking through the door. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense you get one bad apple in. A hundred percent. Yeah. The customers, the dynamic changes on the team. And even even getting the bad apple off the team is usually a a culture sucking experience. So yeah. So we have just like really gone out out of our way to make sure that's the case. And the the women rise to the occasion of being what they need to be for the team to make this run as successfully as possible and impact as many women as possible. And so people think like, I, I mean, I get told a lot. I know Ruthie does like, oh my gosh, you work with like 40 women. That sounds exhausting and all the drama and all this. And I mean, we've been at this six years now. We it's haven't like had that but at that. all. It's like the like, most life-giving, like, yes. what do you yeah. encouraging. That, that difference to? It's way easier to not hire than it is to fire. <laughs> yeah. And Just being really thoughtful who you let on the boat. Yeah. And like, I feel like we have had a lot of hard conversations with people yeah. where it's like, this sucks. I don't want to have to sit down and tell them this. I don't want to do it. And that's when it's nice to have a partner because they're like, no, like we got to do this. <laughs> like, <laughs> and God. so we've like had those really difficult decisions, right? Like nipping things in the bud. Like this yeah. might not even have been a thing. And most people probably, most business owners might say, I'm going to let it go. But we're like, no, we need to address it. Make sure they know that's unacceptable or whatever it might yeah. be. I mean, those are very, very rare. But and like, not just for them, or not just for the business, but for them. Like, hey, yeah. this is like a learning opportunity in life, in working with other people, in, you know, in your future dreams and the things that you want to come into fruition. Like, this is an area that will hold you back. And like, we don't want you to just work on this for us. the balance culture yeah. and us, but for you to set you up for success because this one little thing can nudge its way and become mm-hmm. a bigger thing over time and really hold you back. And I think they know we genuinely care about them, about the things that they're going on in their lives that like, that is our goal always yeah. in those conversations, but we have them frequently. Yeah. I mean, more than people it's would It's just say. constantly us going, hey, you know, what do you think about this? Okay. Yeah. Let's just Sit down yeah, we bounce it off each other to make sure. Well, and what's yeah. interesting about about your approach to that is, you know, first you're employing radical candor, okay, mm-hmm. which is really hard for a lot of people, especially our cultures become a lot less confrontational, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and so it's hard sometimes to bring up those uncomfortable subjects. Yeah, but you temper that blow with really focusing on the why behind yeah. why we're having this conversation. Yeah. This isn't about you were five minutes late. Right. This is about how it looks to our clients. This 100%. is about how, how it yeah. affects, hey, you're you're a more seasoned person. We've got new people. They're looking exactly. at you. These are exact leadership. conversations. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you can yeah. stand in for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I think, but I know myself, like, so I, like one of the things I struggle with is this conference, the, the, having this confrontational conversations. Yeah. Um, I, I, internally, I just want to shuck them. It's like, it's got to be a really bad thing, especially because I, I manage a lot of, a lot of ladies, um, which, you know, it's, it's it's just such a different, it's a different dynamic. It's a different dynamic. Um, We don't want to trade places with you. But, um, but it's like, what I have found is that like, I'll start it out with like, listen, you know, I hate confrontation. <laughs> yeah. If there is anything that I could do to not be having this conversation right now, I would do it. <laughs> totally. And they're like, but oh. I have to. Yeah. And this is why. And so like a lot of yeah. times, like because they, yeah. because I let them in and I let them understand me. Yeah. That you're they're, not they're, like. They, they don't take it like so like aggressive. Yeah. They take yeah. it more like, well, like. This okay, had to be done. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. Had, he, he obviously had, felt like he had yeah. to say something. Yeah. But even whether they agree with me or yeah. not, it's, you know, it yeah. tempers the blow. And, and like what I find is it's not really necessarily about the message, but 
how it affects action. Yeah. You know, and like so many managers that I, that I meet and I talk to, like they get, they get really, um, more focused on the message. Like I'm the one who's right. You're the one who's wrong. Yeah. The de- delivering that message the way they like to deliver it. Okay. Mm-hmm. It, it, rather than ta- yeah. tailoring it to the person they're trying to speak to. And then also saying, okay, what's the outcome I hope to right. happen yeah. from this conversation? Totally. Yeah. And you I know? think that's what you need to go into. Yeah. It's like, I always think, and I know Ruthie does too, is like going into it. Okay. How can we leave to where this person feels set up for success and that they're going to win moving forward. Like they're going to feel encouraged to move forward, take these action steps to do the right things or correct that X, Y, or Z. And that they gain more than before what we we started the conversation. And that I know is always our goal. Cause again, it's not just the five minutes later or whatever. It's how does this like affect the grand scheme of life and what you want to do, what you're passionate about. Cause every single girl on our team has something that they're extremely passionate about that they're, they're all go-getters. They all have multiple things going on in their lives. Balance culture is an aspect of that. But we really see our role as like helping them to reach those goals quicker that they come along and they're mm-hmm. part of our team and that this being a part of our team equips them for their future dreams. Yeah. Wow. That's an interesting take. I mean, you could almost even segue that into looking for entrepreneurial um, type instructors. And then part of the benefits package is we're going to spend X amount of time mentoring you and your side hustle or something like that. But that's yeah. a, that's yeah. an interesting piece that you're, you're, when you're approaching the people that, that earn your employee, you're not really just saying, Hey, how can you do what I need you to do to run this business? It's also, how can I help you become mm-hmm. the best version of you? Yeah. Because yeah. That, that's the contract that yeah. I made with you. Yeah. And that's part of like when we're yeah. doing those interviews and having those conversations, we have, um, how many interns? 25? 30? 30 interns? No, I think like 20 maybe 20, right now. 20 yeah. interns. Yeah. So all college age around yeah. that or freshly graduated, started their first job. So we're having those conversations a ton mm-hmm. with them specifically because they're at that age where they're figuring it out. Mm-hmm. You know, they're either getting ready to graduate, recently graduated. Um, and like I said, all of them are very passionate, have their own dreams, their own things that they want to come into fruition. And so we make it very clear that we want to be a part of that in any ways that they want yeah. us to. Um, but we see balanced culture as a part of that yeah. journey for sure. You, you know, kind of, kind of rewinding back to the first part of our conversation where you're saying, Hey, you know, the, this, this really was birth from a, a six month sabbatical, if you will, where you yeah. were able to get really introspective about yeah. your life. Um, do you, do you think that this would have played out different if you had taken six months before you started college? Okay. Yeah. Had that same experience. Would you have still gone through college or did you think that in order to know uh, what you didn't want, you had to have the context of what you didn't want? Because it sounds like you're out in the workforce for a couple years. Right. But I would Mm -hmm. say probably the latter would be true. So yes, I went before college. So I went through, yeah, my eating disorder treatment program. Then there was a six month break. Then I went to college. Mm -hmm. And I do think though that I had to be fully immersed in the career to really kind of get my hands on, okay, what Mm -hmm. do I want this to look like? What don't I? And it really did really make it blatantly clear all the things I didn't want to do. And I think that rollout is just as powerful as the things that I do want to do, you know? And so kind of navigating, figuring that out, I do think was necessary. I think also having that level of mental health counseling and psychology background has helped really navigate things with my team well 
um, navigate things with relationships in the community, I feel like I have a greater understanding of how the mind works and how people work and how uh, and what people are looking for. I understand women and insecurities at a deeper level and how things go from you know A to Z. And I think that that's really helped me figure out, okay, with balanced culture and a woman that's coming in struggling with you know things, because mm-hmm. most people struggle with anxiety yeah. and depression, right? Those are just kind of blanket across the board. You add a woman with pressures of work and kids and all these other things, and you only add to those. And so having that level of background, and I know Ruthie has a similar background, and really understanding those things at that level has helped really lay that foundation for balanced culture in the direction we're headed. So not necessarily in transferring education to dollars in terms of therapy, but taking that knowledge and using it, I think has been beneficial. I think it's gotten me Mm -hmm. to where we are faster because I have that level of understanding. Had I not, I couldn't tell you that it would really be the same. I don't think I would get it as much as I do now. That makes sense. But it's been a journey. (laughs) Well, for sure. And and the reason I ask is I think that so so many people I know, because I think we're probably all in near the same age age bracket. I don't have very many friends that are doing what they went to college for. Yeah. So, so the thing that we all talk about no. is, yeah, is, you know, hey, could, could we have sidestepped this? Like, yeah. this was a lot of money and, and yeah. a lot of time. I think um, if you straight up want to be an entrepreneur, you don't need to go to business school. <laughs> yeah. I would definitely say that. Yeah. I mean, if you were like, this is what my, I, you know, I don't have my eyes specifically set on something, but I want to be an entrepreneur. Don't go to business school to learn to be a CEO. That's that has nothing to do with being an entrepreneur whatsoever. Um, I think just be an entrepreneur. Just start something. Yeah. See if it takes off, and like kind of get your feet wet and then keep going from there. I do think that school is definitely overused in the amount that people think. Like, oh, I need to go to school for this on, or yeah. that to rely on. Well, there's um, some degrees that hey, this is the the barrier to get to it. And I'm, I'm yeah. all for that, but I agree with you that. Most of the people I know, they went for business yeah, admin. Totally. And, and, yeah. And, and without really a direction of what they wanted to do with that, the plan was to figure that out yeah, over the four right. years that you were doing it. But the investment had already been made. Well, yeah. and our generation doesn't care about degrees. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe a couple of generations behind us, you know, they want to see the letters behind your name. They want to see yeah. what's your certification, this, that. I mean, nobody ever asks us. I wish they would. All yeah. of our certifications, things like that. I'm like, yeah, we pay for all these money. Yeah. yeah, this is I the wish day. they would ask us more, but they don't. Um, this is the day and age of like self-made. Like everybody's like, yes. wow, you're self-made. Whatever that means, whatever it looks like, you yeah. know, the definition of success has now been so... reformed yeah Yeah, it's kind of like everybody and i think that's good yeah but yeah i think that there can be a lot of benefit i mean even thinking about like our stories like the things that happened during college years obviously led to like these opportunities so i definitely don't think it's a blanket like college is pointless unless you want to be a doctor or something there's a lot of benefit to it but if you graduate and you have a clear vision of something it's definitely not doesn't have to be a key component in like your definition of success. It's yeah. just if you want to be a doctor or a dentist, go to school. Probably but. should at least do a little bit of school. <laughs> and what I tell people is like, hey, there's no right or wrong. Right. But I would at least ask yourself, 
the question. Like, how yeah. am I going to use this? Yeah. What's the end goal for me? hundred percent. And I'm like, because you know what? No one in this world would give you advice on investing into anything that you didn't right. know what the exit strategy was, yeah. you know, how you were going to get a return on your investment right. and what you were doing. Yeah. And when you're 17 yeah. or 18, that's hard. It's very yeah. hard, especially very hard. when everybody in your life is yeah. saying, this is the next step. Totally. Yeah. You, know? you don't know who you are. It's like, you're figuring it out. I mean, yeah. I was well, stupid when I was 17. Well, you what know? I pull from your journey, and I never really put a finger on it as it parallels to my own journey, is mm-hmm. I, I didn't get deliberate about some of the stuff I'm doing in my life. Like I, I always look at my 20s as as a chunk of, of underutilized time. Yeah. Um, and the reasoning was, is I didn't have that six month, like, introspective mm-hmm. experience. I did yeah. when my wife got pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like yeah. then you start asking yourself all these hard yeah. questions. Yeah. And, and then that that led to like a whole new echelon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And so like what I'm really fascinated with and what I'm actually going to start recommending the people that I talk to a mentor at the high school age is take Take some time. Take take, yeah. a, take a three month period. Yeah, you know, uh, in between mm-hmm. high school and college, and like I'm yeah. not saying don't sidestep. No, I 100 yeah. agree with that. Ask yourself that, that yeah. question. Ask yourself, what do I want to be doing yes. in five years yeah. from now, and what can I be doing yeah. today? Yeah, in to order there. to start achieving that, because because one thing is it makes you look into the future, right? And then the other thing it makes you do is take action, right? Get yeah. out of your head, get off the computer, reading, right. learning about yeah. it, and start doing something about it. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and I think that for some people it's going to lead down the path they would have chosen. And for other mm-hmm. people, it's going to make them question that decision to become a CPA before yeah, they've yeah. ever interned in accounting office. I know. I wish they did internships like your first Earlier semester in degrees. college. Like, Should all right, go. Mandatory, like, right? No, yeah, 100%. Like shadow the job. Because yeah, you'll go and be like, oh, this sucks. I don't yeah, want to do it. Like, I mean, I was year six when I started my internship and was like, wait, I hate being in an office all day. Yeah, year really six. Like, it's so well, bad because you've already you invested the... $100,000 in six <gasps> exactly. years of your life. Yeah. And sometimes you like the ideology of the of the industry but you don't like the day-to-day like exactly yeah. like i have a buddy of mine who got who went for diet for for to be a dietitian yeah okay he's very passionate yeah about, about that okay but the reality of working uh-huh. in the hospital oh, and, yeah. and crafting yeah. these meal plans so different and, and and it's like a zillion people and he's no, like this not is not it. what i pictured totally. in my mind totally. yeah. and that's the same thing like i've had another friend who who went for accounting got a cpa yeah did it for about a year and it's like, I just didn't realize yeah. how monotonous this was going to be. Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. So, so when you see stuff like that, because these are these are like questions about how I want my life to look. Right. Yeah. Had those those been asked on the front end no and, then, and then answered yeah. with the, with the yeah. thing that you're going into, people might might make less mistakes, not Definitely. spend as much money on those mistakes. Yeah. And, and, and like when I think about what I'm hearing about your journey, those were the two pivotal moments. Yeah, big time. The first one was... What do I want to do with my life? What mm-hmm. does that look like? And and you started by defining success multifaceted versus singular. And like yeah. to define that, I would say most of society would say if you have or make X amount of dollars, you are successful. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. But if you if you break down the balance culture, it's like, well, well, you know, there's a lot more that goes into am I successful? Money totally. is a piece of it. And, yeah. and that is really yeah. only mapped to what's the lifestyle I right. want to live. Can yeah. I afford that and save for retirement? Totally. Okay. So the amount of money does isn't even isn't even in yeah. the picture on on success. Yeah. And then it is about how do I spend my time? You know, how much time do I carving out with with my mm-hmm. children, my yeah. family, yeah. my building my personal relationships? my spiritual walk. Yeah. And, and I think that that is like a, a, a healthy redefining of that, of that yeah. word. And it's something that we got to spread more of because 
when you talk to people that are unhappy with where they're at in their life, yeah. a lot of them are singularly focusing on on this predetermined yeah. definition of success right. when it maps back to, mm-hmm. to money, power, yeah. and, and, and status. Yeah. And um and and if they just redefine what success meant. A lot of us can be can be successful in our life, yeah, you know, yeah. from from owning your own business to you know being a teacher to being a great number two at someone else's yeah. business. It, as long as it maps to your why, like maybe right. the, yeah. the, maybe the teaching gig, you're like, well, I, I get summers off with my kids. Right. I get mm-hmm. I get all the afternoons off. There's right. no pressure. We live the life we want. So it's like re- refocusing on what that is. And you know, I think that uh, that you know, when you were talking about Gary Vee, he mentions that a lot. Oh, it's yeah, like f- figure out what success is for you. Like not everybody wants to be a billionaire right. not yeah. a, a lot of people like exactly. to say that but when you, no, when you exactly. consider all the sacrifices that come along with it yeah many of us really don't want that right yeah well but i think that's, that's exactly why like the f- day in the life five years yeah. from now because success is out. not an accident yeah. it starts with you having to find defining your own level and meaning of success and it talks about that like not just meaning okay when i get to x point i'm successful but what are little successes that even you can experience every right day, day. Uh-huh. every week and that leads to a fulfilled life. Right. Like if my day involves spending time with my kids and, you know, working in this area, then like I'll have been successful. And so yeah. that's why it was so helpful because you do, everybody has their own definition. Yeah. Even if they don't know it, a lot of people might not take the time to pause and be like, wait, is everything I'm working towards what I really want? Or right. is it just what I think? Yeah. Most people quantify it, like you're saying, with yeah. money. But when they paint out what their day looks like, five years from now, most people aren't opening up their eyes and thinking, oh, I'm so glad I have a million dollars in the account today. You know, they're waking up. Do they have somebody next to them? Do they have kids running around? Are they driving to their dream job or are they, you know, launching a business? Like Mm -hmm. they're thinking about more of those little moments versus, okay, I have X amount sitting in the bank. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. Dreams require money. Yeah. (laughs) But most people think, oh, I'm just reaching for this goal income-wise, but then they're missing all those little moments in between. Mm-hmm. They wake up one day and they're like, wait a second. This is not, not what I, I thought. To be. Yeah. You know, and that was great insight. Money's a tool. Right. And people forget that. We, right. we want to hoard it. We want to collect it. We want to count it. Um, right. But, but we don't realize that really what it is, is that it's a tool to fuel your dreams. Gets you to where you want. Yeah. Your business. Like, yeah. Uh, 100%. Grow, growing any of those things require, yeah. requires yeah. capital. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've talked to people that have you know, have achieved higher levels of financial success than, than probably I ever will. Yeah. And they are no happier. No, than when, yeah. Than when, than when they, than when they just started. Yeah. Because, because it's just, you, yeah. you, your, you, your, your new level, your new level of normal just keeps raising. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like what I always yeah. tell people buying that new car. That yeah. It feels amazing. Like I remember week. like the, the yeah. especially the yeah. first day you drive it to work. Oh yeah. You're, you're like, like, I'm oh, cool. Oh yeah. Yeah. But then like by month, you know, you forget about it. You're just and getting you're like, in. Well, and you're... my kids have got animal crackers yeah, yeah. in the carpet Gold now, fish. and there's yeah. a gummy bear that's like never coming out. Yeah, and 100%. you know, and you're like, yeah, yeah. It doesn't yeah. have that same. Yeah, and it's I not think the same as level with, with as you get go bigger houses, totally. and take bigger vacation. Like, yeah, at the, at the, the more the, you get, the more you realize. Wait, no, and if you have really underlying matters. like you're unsatisfied with what you're doing, that's only going to grow. It's like. Your yeah, lifestyle yeah. grows. So, hundred percent. Yeah. So, so you know, as we as we wrap it up for today, and y'all are thinking about like that one piece of advice that you want to leave these these budding entrepreneurs with, um, that are maybe waiting to, to to start their business or trying to build up the courage. Um, you know, what, what would you tell them? It's well, a good question. I want to think strategically. I know. Okay, I have one. 
So I would say before you're even going to school for X, Y, or Z or any of that, take a few months, like we mentioned earlier, and create like your own little business school. Um, I did this just starting out. I actually had launched the balance culture and then did this because there wasn't enough time in between. But um, just get things in your ear constantly. Sign up for an Audible account, have books that you're listening to constantly, podcasts, um, YouTube, whatever, but constantly be digesting information in the area that you're like, think you're potentially headed in, but successful people in general, because you'll hear something and that'll strike a chord and you'll be like, wait a second, I haven't thought about it that way. You get other voices inside your head, outside of Mm -hmm. your own head. And you'd be surprised how much more you can strategically think, how much more ideas you'll have, because it's not just your voice that you're listening to anymore. And so... I would say take a period of time and commit to it. People, you know, I tell people three hours a day, spend three hours a day. If you're like going hard, if you're making your quote unquote business school, like you will find those pockets of time because I mean, you're in your car, 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there, getting Mm -hmm. ready in the morning. Like you will fly through it before you know it. You have 10 books under you and, you know, 40 Mm -hmm. podcast episodes and all these, it, it adds up really, really fast. And that amount of investment in yourself to really help you figure out, okay, the direction that you're headed in. I mean, it will set you up for success in the long term mm-hmm. to the point where you won't want to give that up. You might not be able to give it that same level of time, but you'll want to constantly be digesting information at that magnitude because it really impacts every area of your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're listening to like how Will Smith became successful, you don't walk away from that thinking, oh, I'm just going to have yeah. a casual day now. You know, you're amped. You're like, I want to get after it. He did yeah. this and that. Like just anybody that you could ever aspire to or want to aspire to get them in your ear. They will, they are everywhere on the internet. You have access at your fingertips. Put AirPods in. You can literally grocery shop and listen to three chapters of a book. And mm-hmm. so I would just encourage you to do that, get that information in at that magnitude, and then start to say, okay, where do I want to take this? Where do mm-hmm. I want to go? Like have that be your foundation of knowledge. Yeah. Wow, that was powerful advice. I mean, so what I pull out of that is. Um, first, be deliberate about the mentors that you allow into your head mm-hmm. um, to look up to. And then two, never stop investing in mm-hmm. your learning process. And it no. sounds like for you, it, it, it started um, way before you all started the balance culture, investing into this, this you know, your, yourself and your education and learning about who you are and what you wanted to be and who else was out there and what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And it's continued on. So it's not like you start it to start your business and then you stop it. Right. It becomes a yeah. way of life. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank yeah. you all so much for giving me some time today and telling yeah. us about your story. I think that you all are doing some really amazing things Thanks. and you have such a different approach to fitness. Cause I, I almost wouldn't even call you all a fitness company. It's you're more like approaching like a balanced life. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Cause you're, you're, you know, fitness is a part of you're that. Right. Diet's a part of that. Mental mm-hmm. health is a part of that. And so like, I think it's a really great thing that you're doing. Just don't forget about us men. We also have, <laughs> you know, we, 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 we we're going to need yeah. something. Yeah. So, so when you're looking for that next business, okay. you got to think, you know, the male creature is a very yeah. complicated yeah. creature. I know the, the, the female creature is very simplistic compared to the yeah. males. So yeah, it's going to take, take way more time to start up, you know, a balanced culture yeah. for, for men. Yeah. But, uh, but we need it. Higher level of investment for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you all so much.